This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Uh, made it to episode 66, which is uh, a famous highway, but um, nothing famous uh, except for Jimmy Kemsky, who's going to be joining us. That's the only thing famous about this week, because good God almighty, can anybody, I mean, like me and Patrick were literally just saying, can this week get any slower when it comes to this Eagles Titans game? Because it's this feels like just get it out of the way, just get it done. Um, you know, and all the all the stories just seem like, well, this guy stinks and this guy stinks, and we'll get into that too. I know a lot of us have been talking about the run game and all that other stuff, uh, but let's uh, introduce everybody around the horn as we are. Most of the crew is here. Hats off to BLG as he uh, filled in on the reaction show, and he's doing some awesome, cool stuff right now. Uh, Mr. James Zelter joining us, though. What's up, buddy? John, I like to think that this show is awesome, cool stuff as well. So. Yeah, well no, it is. It always is. You know. I'm just saying, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm saying. we'll dig it out and we'll raise it to 11 and uh, do all sorts of stuff. And, uh, here this to, one goes to 11, John. Yes, yes. And here to uh, help us do that, the professor himself, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's happening, buddy? This one goes out to uh, all my friends in Buffalo. Oh yeah, what you get for living in Buffalo? But <laughs> what did the uh, where do they have to play that game now? They decided that they have to go to FedEx. Detroit. It's going to oh, be it's gonna be in Detroit. night in Detroit, home of uh, former Bills owner Ralph Wilson. So how about that? Interesting. That'll be nice. Uh, I should say, obviously. <laughs> Moved to Buffalo and, and made quite the impact. Yes, he is indeed. Uh, well, um, a big hats off to uh, Tony Bruno for having us on the show. You can go check that out. LibertyBroadcast.co. That was a lot of fun with uh, him and Miss Robin and uh, Luigi, who I, we finally met, who is like superstar producer uh, down there. So that's very, very cool. But uh, yeah, we uh, we joined them. We talked a little Eagles. We actually talked a little Sixers. And yes, indeed, folks, I did. I did sneak some Iowa football 
in there as well. Uh, but um, we're take, actually going to be taking calls live. Yeah, John, real quick, I'm guessing we're not going to have Kirk Ferentz on the podcast. <laughs> if we can get him, I'm, I'm going to have him on. I'll drill him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to be taking phone calls live again because I thought that was uh, pretty successful last time on the Reaction Show. And once again, you can always call 267 245 60 66 is the Duncan Philly hotline. If we don't pick up, don't be alarmed. Just leave a message, and uh, we'll definitely still put you on the air. But, James, um, let's get into the meat of this thing because I can't find any meat. It's all just basically bone. I, 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 I'm I, almost exhausted at this point about talking about the Eagles' struggles with the run game. It's like every other thing is like, well, they need to run the ball. They need to run the ball. They're not going to run the ball coming into this game. At least I don't have that feeling. Um, I still think they're going to stack the box. They're going to for- force Sanchez to throw. I think it'll be, uh, you know, I, I think this game's going to be a, a, another semi-blowout here. Put it in hand. But, um, you know, do they need to win or loss show you that they can run the football? That's a that's an interesting question, John. I, I would like to see it, yes. I, would I feel more confident moving forward if they can move the ball on the ground? Yes. Uh, but but I think that the potential is there for them to do just that in this game. I mean, Tennessee is second to last in the league against the run in terms of yards per game, uh, a little bit better in yards per play, but, you know, they're still giving up 4.4 yards per carry. Um, so, so there's room to run on them. Granted, they do stack the box consistently, uh, but they also blitz a ton. So there might be some uh, opportunities to, to take advantage of something in there, especially with some, uh, you know, correct line reads that, uh, you know, calls at the at the line um but yeah i would like to see them run the ball well i think i would feel more confident moving forward i think as you start to get in november december we saw last week in green bay you, can, you know cold weather games uh i think running the football can become paramount especially if you can do well and i think the potential to run the football well is there the pieces are there between the three running backs that that we have or that the eagles have and then of course, you know, the offensive line, the pieces are there. Uh, you know, they're just rusty coming back from injury and, and haven't really gelled, haven't really gotten to build that sense of continuity that we saw all season last season. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be a factor. Uh, but I think ultimately the, the the ingredients are there and this is a perfect opportunity for it to break out. So if they don't run the ball well on Sunday, yeah, I might be a, a little nervous about it. Yeah, I mean, Patrick, what is the what's the key here? You know, there's so many other different things that I think we're all, again, just trying to look for that one answer. Um, we talked on the reaction show. Is it is it shady? Is he, he the one that's having problems? Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it the offensive line? Is it the combination of everything? You know, if it, if it continues to struggle throughout this game, would you think Chip Kelly would eventually just go, all right, well, go with the guy that's got the better yards per carry and give Sproles a little more carries and get Polk more involved? And make it more like of an even pace game here, or you know, is he's not? He, I, I don't think he's panicking. But do you think he makes that switch at any point if it continues to stall like this? Uh, I doubt it, and especially not in this game. Look, I don't think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be close for about the first ten minutes of the game, and that's like ten minutes watching, not ten minutes on the score clock. <laughs> like, I, I, I really feel like the, this is the game. It's almost a no win for Shady in that. If the if the Titans do stack the box, which why wouldn't they? Um, you know, if they do that, Shady's, you know, he might have a little bit of struggle. But my guess is by the end of the game, he'll be getting his garbage time yards. And even if he breaks a hundred yards in the fourth quarter, everyone's going to say, "Well, we were already up twenty. It doesn't matter." And and you know, if he doesn't, then it's probably worse, honestly. But 
you know, I just, I, I don't see Chip going with the hot hand, so to speak, and putting in Sproles. I feel like at this point in the season, your team is what your team is and your tendencies are probably not going to change a ton. Um, Sproles has kind of been used as that change of pace, uh, spark plug type guy. I don't really think they want to use him as a bell cow, uh, especially going into the sort of dog days of the season. You got a really tough stretch coming up and um, I'm not sure I want to give him 15 carries against the Titans when you have to play uh, the Cowboys twice and the Seahawks in the next week and a half. Absolutely. That's uh, yeah, that's actually a great point. And um, you know, some of the other things that are just kind of happening this week and is, is in a lot. Well, one of the funnier things, maybe possibly funny things, and we'll talk to Jimmy Kemsky about this in just a little bit, but James, the um, Earl Wolf, man, I mean, like this is, this has been kind of going on for the last, you know, since he basically got injured last year, uh, they make the move to put him on IR. Uh, a lot of people were speculating that might be a, a phantom move, even though it's 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 really hard to kind of pull that off. But uh, what does that say for the the uh, basically his future? What does that say? I mean, Rock Carmichael comes back to take basically an inactive roster spot. Um, how are you feeling about that yeah, moving forward here? Well, I think that Wolf clearly was hurt. I mean, he didn't have that same kind of burst that he did last season. He didn't have that same athleticism that you saw. I don't, I don't think, I, I think he was hampered by something. Um, so I don't think there's anything nefarious or anything there. I think it was the right call to shut him down. Uh, I think that Chris Brzezinski will probably see more of a role before Carmichael would. I know, I know they're different positions, um, but, you know, I think Chris Maragos you know, is going to be the next safety, and I think that means. Uh, and then I, I think that Brzezinski's there to kind of fill that spot behind. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a huge loss. You know, Earl was not playing particularly well when he did play this season. So, you know, I think they'll be fine moving forward. I mean, I think Rock's another body, someone who knows the system, who was here last year, who they can – you know, feel comfortable knowing, you know, the right, making the right reads, the right, you know, decisions within their defense. Um, so that's fine. I don't think there are a lot of superstar cornerbacks on the market right now. So yeah, I'm fine with the rock move. And I don't think the Earl move really influences the team too much one way or the other. Yeah. And the other move that uh, basically every Eagles fan wants to see, I know there's, there's, there's been so much I guess, worry and contention. And look, when Green Bay comes in and uh, when you go into Green Bay's house and they basically demolish you, it's going to be a tough week uh, regardless here. Um, I still think this team has a great chance of going 11 and 5. Um, and I think that's that's what it's going to take. Well, I don't know. I, st- I think 10 and 6 still might do it. 11 and 5 definitely secures the division win here. Um, and looking at just, and basically, it's a small sample size, but looking at what they've done so far, they they lose a game, they win two games. They lose a game, they win two games. So uh, if that streak continues, I'm happy with that because that puts you at 11 wins. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're we're still kind of waiting for, I guess, that long stretch of win, 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 win. Um, Patrick, do you think that that's possible that they could go 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh through this last final stretch here? I actually think they will go 5-1 and one over this stretch. Um, I, I think, obviously... Coming off the Packers' loss, the Titans are the exact team you want to play. I mean, you're getting ready to go into the meat of your schedule. You've got two games against the Cowboys who are going to determine uh, whether or not this team makes the playoffs. you got Seattle at home, thankfully. And then, you know, you end the season with a couple of softer games um, against the uh, against the Washington football team 
on the road, and then you finish the season at the Meadowlands. Two teams who, by that point in the season, won't be playing for anything other than, <laughs> excuse me, other than spoiler uh, rights, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think if this team goes five and one or four and two, even, I think they'll win the division. Um, those those Cowboys games are they're huge. I mean, you got to win at least one of them. If you don't win either of them, you can forget about winning the division and maybe even uh, forget about making the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, see, I had that debate um, with our good. Uh, my cat's name is Milk. Back and forth here. I I still think if you all you basically need to do split with the Cowboys and you can't lose to Seattle and Dallas. I, I think that's what has to happen. So you either have to beat beat Dallas twice or and lose to Seattle once or split with you know. Yeah, I don't know how that would work out, but I, I, I really do. I'm with I'm with you, Patrick. I actually think they, they could possibly run the table here because, again, I, I am still not buying the Cowboys. The, I don't even think that, granted, the offense is great, but I, I, I really don't think that Tony Romo is going to be able to hold up the last next five or six weeks. He's not going to be 100%. And if a guy two weeks ago could barely you know, uh, uh, tie his shoes. <laughs> I don't expect him to be that kind of 100% powerful force going through here. So I think that's an advantage, um, you know, to this Philadelphia Eagles defense because they will be able to slow down Murray a little bit, I I think. But, uh, yeah, James, are you feeling confident uh, that they could go 5-1, and 6-0 and through the stretch here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely not a team left on the schedule that you don't think they can beat, you know, especially playing the Seahawks in Philly. Um, and, and, you know, looking at how they've responded to adversity in the past under Chip, uh, you know, they, they seem to come back and win games after losses. Uh, you know, if you look at the only really the two losses in the Chip Kelly era outside of last week where you felt like the team had no chance in that game, it's that Denver game from last season and probably that Minnesota game last season. After the Denver game, they come out and beat the Giants 36 to, uh, 36 to 21, I believe, beat them pretty handily. Uh, and then obviously after that Minnesota loss, they come out and smoke Chicago. Uh, on Sunday night, 54 to 11. So I think this team is going to respond. I think they're going to beat Tennessee easily. I'm, I'm with Pat on that. Um, and, and then I, I think, you know, it's going to come down to this three-game stretch. I think they beat Washington and, and the Giants. I think we've seen from this team that they're going to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. So yeah. I, I feel confident they're going to win the Tennessee, the New York game, and the Washington game. And like you said, I mean, really, and then, you know, if you split with Dallas, you're probably making the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, if they could find a way to win – both, you know, the home Dallas game and the Seattle game or Thanksgiving in the Seattle game, that would be really, you know, impressive heading into the playoffs, 12-4, and four, feeling really good. And speaking of impressive, uh, our next guest here, a uh, of course, you know him best because he came through the BGN ranks, started as a commenter, went all the way to Philly.com as a beat writer, is continuing his prowess at the recently formed Philly Voice which hopefully you'll tell us just a little bit about. But we welcome on the Duncan Philly Hotline, Mr. Jimmy Kemsky. What's happening, my friend? How are you? What am I on? The, the Duncan what? The Duncan Philly Hotline. That's right. That's oh, sponsorship, by the way. All right. <laughs> I'm fired up for that. Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, I mean, you made a pretty – let's talk about it just a little bit. You talked about uh, – you made a big announcement. You're you're going from Philly.com to uh, the Philly Voice. What uh, what is uh, What prompted the move? Well, um, it's – Major opportunity for me, phillyvoice.com is going to be launching uh, fairly soon, and it's basically an opportunity for me to sort of be like the guy covering the Eagles for, for a media outlet, 
And um, it's a really exciting opportunity. Philly Voice is going to be, um, you know, based in, it's, it's going to be a Philadelphia slash South Jersey uh, focused uh, website. That it won't just be sports, it'll be news, culture, entertainment, and in my case, sports, more specifically the Eagles. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. I mean, they're, they're assembling what I think is really a great uh, editorial team, and I couldn't really be more excited about what they're doing, obviously, because I left Philly.com, which is, you know, it's like not too shabby in its own right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, Philly.com was, was really great to me for, for you know, the time that I was there, and they were the first major media outlet that, that gave me an opportunity to, to do some, some, some big things in, in this business, and um, I can't be more thankful to, to them and, and what they did for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, this is just, you know, too great an opportunity to pass up. And um, I'm really excited with, with the way that, that, you know, the new company is going. I mean, if that's not the American dream right there, BGM commenter to, you know, start being its own company, <laughs> then we're, we're all proud of you, man. That's, that's awesome stuff. Um, yeah, and, and what you're talking about there just is, is, is like if people don't know what you mean by that. I, 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 what I used to do when I was in South and Sales for 10-plus for years, and I lived in North Jersey, and I had a long commute into New York City every day. It was like an hour on the train. And I was just bored. I had nothing to do on that train commute. It was, I was just bored out of my mind. I was, you know, and I was a major football fan and, you know, I was an Eagles fan, of course. And like I said, I, like I, was, I was just trying to kill that time. Every day. It was two hours of my life on that train every single day. So I needed to fill it with something. And I, like, I, was, I was on Bleeding Green Nation all the time. And I would just write these, you know, and I'm looking back now, I'm sure they're absolutely horrible. But <laughs> like, I would write, write what was called fan posts on, on Green Nation. Anyone could, like, just write their own article on there. And i just, you know, write stuff, and I'd like to see the reaction of the people that would comment on them. And, and that is really what started my writing career, which is kind of kind of crazy. And, you know, like, like now uh, I'm, I'm doing it as a full-time living, so... Um, yeah, so if people didn't know that, that's kind of how I got started. And that was, you know, only like four years ago or so, but yeah, it's just writing these, these stupid, probably awful fan posts on Bleeding Green Nation got a little better over time. And, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely an unorthodox way to break into the <laughs> sports writing world. Well, it's, I mean, that's a lot of inspiration probably for a lot of people who are listening though. I mean, you know, that's, you don't have to worry about the website. You don't have to worry about building an audience. Fan posts are built in right there. You just keep bugging uh, everybody to keep reading them, and you can become the great Jimmy Kemsky. And as we're looking in here, and we've been talking about this uh, the whole show here, bud, it's really hard to cut, try and get excited when, you know, the Tennessee Titans are coming into into town here. Green Bay's basically just annihilated a lot of people's hopes and dreams all in one week. Um, what are you expecting here this week? I, I know I, everybody wants the run game to come back, but I've been saying for the last two or three weeks, I don't really expect it to be anything close to what we've seen from last year, no matter how bad the run defenses are. Where, where is that going to come for you? And, you know, how do you look at this uh, this matchup this week? Well, I'm with you on the run game being nowhere close to what it was last year. I mean, last year, they're, you know, obviously it's the number one rushing offense in the NFL, not just in terms of yards per game, but yards per carry. And they dominated at times. I mean, you look at what they did to the to the Packers last year in, in that game in the run in, in the run game specifically, where in the fourth quarter they got the ball back with over nine minutes left in that game, and they just methodically ran the ball down their throats. Green Bay knew they were running. Eagles ran it anyway, 
and they just picked up first down after first down after first down, and they bled nine minutes off the clock, which it was actually, in my opinion, the most impressive drive of the season that they had last year. And then you look at this year, it, the running game really just hasn't been anywhere anywhere near as close, and you can blame that on a lot of different things. You can blame it on you know the offensive line being bagged up early. You can blame it on you know maybe LaShawn McCoy doesn't look the same this year as he did last year. You can blame it on maybe the play of the quarterbacks where they aren't making defenses pay for stacking the box. So there's a lot of different things that you can look at in terms of why they're not as successful in the run game, but the bottom line is that they're just not anywhere close to as successful in the run game as they were a year ago. And you look at this Titans team that, that comes in this week, they got absolutely destroyed in the run game last week by Le'Veon Bell and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if there is a game that you kind of look at where you, the hope would be that the Eagles can kind of get off on, on the run game, the Packers, of course, were a team that, that was giving up a lot of yards on, on, on the ground as well, but that game got out of hand really early, so they weren't going to stick to the run the same degree that they might against a team like the Tennessee Titans, where you would imagine that you know they, they might be able to build up a, a lead early or at least you know the game kind of be close early where they, where they can uh, they can kind of hammer the run and, and, and see if they can be effective there, especially with a Titans team that's coming off a short week playing on Monday night against the Steelers. So if there is going to be a game, like I said, where the run game can kind of get off and going, I would expect to see this one. And if it doesn't, then it really is cause for major concern. Uh, I also want to talk about just with you, um, everybody's favorite player right now, Josh Huff, uh, who's, who's <laughs> just been constantly under fire. And I've been—I don't know—I mean, I keep defending him, and I think he's still going to be able to work this thing out. I'm curious, what, what's your perspective on the whole Josh Huff thing, and everybody, you know, saying busted pick or this guy sucks or anything like that? I've heard from—I've heard that people in the organ in the Eagles organization are very high on Josh Huff Mm -hmm. and obviously they're high on him because they used the third round pick on him. But even now, even, even so I've heard that that they're very high on him and you've heard, you know, negative comments from, from um, uh, like Chip Kelly this week where he said the Marcus Smith has to play better. And so, I mean, it's not like they're just (laughs) blanket statement praising all the rookies that they drafted this year, but I've heard that that they're very high on Josh Huff and I can kind of see why he's had major mistakes. Like he had the fumble, um, when they were down in the red zone, who was that against? Uh, that was against the Cardinals. Cardinals, okay. And then he had the uh, the, the the pass from from Mark Sanchez. It was pass that was on the money. He should have caught it, bounced off his hands, and was intercepted. So you have two major mistakes right there that you know kind of went a long way toward them maybe possibly not <laughs> not winning games. But um, what you see from him when he has gotten some opportunities is. You can see that he's explosive once he gets the ball in his hands. He can make guys miss. He can make guys miss. He can he can break tackles. You can see the explosion. You can see glimpses of the speed. You can see that he's a good blocker. So I think maybe with him, it's just a situation where he's a rookie and he's going to go through some of the quote unquote dumb rookie mistake type things. But I actually am sort of encouraged with what I've seen in terms of uh, just his natural ability and, and his explosion, and that he may be an effective player down the line but right now yeah i mean it's it's hard to live with with the some of the rookie mistakes that he's making yeah and uh other thing obviously that happened this week and i want to get your take on this too is earl wolf to the ir you know and then they bring back in rock carmichael which i'm sure isn't going to make a lot of fans happy but um how much of that are you thinking that that is a phantom ir situation or is that almost impossible to do right now yeah i don't know that they can I don't know if they can just invent an injury for a guy. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, because if the guy isn't hurt and he doesn't want to go on IR, then their agent's going to make a big deal out of it, and it goes to the player association. And you know, so I, I don't, I don't totally buy that it's some sort of phantom injury. <laughs> but he's another guy that he's he's a guy unlike Josh Huff that I think the organization is down on a little bit because he's been hurt a lot, and in some cases where he's maybe had possibly some minor injuries that they would have preferred him to play through, he hasn't. And he missed a lot of training camp. He's missed games, and it's a shame because when you watch him play, I mean, he's got a, he's got a lot of abilities. Fast run. He's not a, he's not he's not afraid to hit. It's not like I'm not saying like he's he's like a wuss or anything. Like right. when he's on the field, he will hit, and he it's not like he shies away from contact or anything like that. But just for whatever reason, he's not able to to stay on the field, and and um, you know he's not one of those guys that that's just always going to play no matter what's wrong with him. So he's frustrating in that regard, but he has talent. So they're not just going to cut him, but he is a guy that the organization, I believe, is you know kind of down on because he can't stay on it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I don't know if interesting is the word uh, that I would use as that situation goes on, but. Yeah, the uh, defensive backfield is always just going to be always in question for the rest of the year. Jimmy Kemsky from the Philly Voice. Any word on uh, launch date? Yeah, it'll be soon. Um, it'll definitely be um, during the season, so it, it's not like uh, it won't it, it won't launch uh, by the time the season's over. But it'll be it'll be soon, a couple of weeks possibly. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it's uh, you know I'll, I'll be covering the team. It, I mean, I'll be covering the team on Twitter and and whatever, whatever other medium. <laughs> I can find in the meantime, but I won't actually have any, uh, you know, like full length articles going up because I don't know where to put them yet. But yeah, it should be very soon. I would imagine with within a week or two. Awesome, sounds great, Jimmy Kemsky from the new Philly Voice. Thank you so much for your time, bud. John, always a pleasure, brother. Awesome stuff. So happy for Jimmy, and uh, really excited to see what the, that Philly Voice is all about. If you go there now, I, they're they're still taking uh, applications. So any of the writers out there. Uh, might want to chime in on that. But, you know, one of the things that we talked about we didn't uh, talk about either this week has just been the, um, I'm going to call it the outright hatred of Josh Huff. <laughs> and uh, the, um, yeah, the, the bus tag is is rampant. And if you're going to place it anywhere right now, maybe put it on your first round pick who's uh, not str- or struggling in practice. But um, Josh Huff to me still is just like Jimmy was saying. I mean, you, you're hearing that the Eagles love him. You know, they love his potential and what he could be. Yeah, he says some dumb stuff every now and again. It's 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 frustration because, you know, he, he in it, I like a guy that has in his mind, like, I'm going to come out here and light the world on fire. Uh, you know, I, I still think they're trying to teach him how to be an NFL player, and he's relying on those college instincts to make a play or do whatever. Um, and granted, if you're, <laughs> if you're being spotlighted as like, well, you're one of the reasons why we lost the Arizona game. Then, then it's a then it's a big deal there. But uh, yeah, Patrick, what are your thoughts on on Josh Huff here? Have you lost lost some love now? Are you kind of off the train here? Or are you still feeling good about what he could potentially be here? I feel good about what he could potentially be, and I'm also trying to keep uh, I'm trying to keep uh, perspective here. He is a rookie. He's a rookie who's had very little time to prepare for the season. He's a rookie who hasn't taken a lot of snaps during the season, and he's a rookie who is learning that Philadelphia is not Oregon. Uh, he's learning yeah. that he has to watch his mouth. Uh, sometimes you have to learn that lesson a couple times before it sinks in, I guess. But uh, he's learning the realities of the NFL, and I have no problem with that. I think it's it's got to be really tough for these guys in these sort of hyper-aware media market that we're in. Um, for these guys, you know, 
he, he vents his frustration after a game, maybe not in the most articulate or constructive way imaginable. And that becomes, you know, his season is uh, remember how Josh, Josh Huff had a crappy game and then he crapped all over the fans. You know, this is something that he's going to learn from. And, you know, I, I would imagine he'll have a couple nice plays during the rest of the season. He might still uh, drive us crazy with some uh, boneheaded plays, yeah. which is par for the course for a rookie. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, he was a third round pick. You know, he's not Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews comparing the two of those guys is not fair. Uh you know, just give him time. He'll be fine. Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, we love taking your guys' calls, too. So let's go back to the Duncan Philly hotline. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly anytime hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation. My name is Lawrence. I have two main questions that I would like answered about the Eagles and uh, the first is about the defense. How does how do the Eagles fix their secondary? The only really player I have faith in is Malcolm Jenkins. How, how, how do you how do the Eagles fix that? The other uh, question is uh, about the offense and I don't doubt that LaShawn McCoy has tons of talent uh, or Jeremy Macklin or Jordan Matthews or the offensive line um, or even Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez didn't play that bad, I thought. What's going on with the offense? How, how are they so discombobulated this year? How do they recuperate and let themselves be uh, Super Bowl contenders? Lawrence, my man, checking in uh, one more time. Not asking about Johnny Manziel, so I'm proud of him. Very proud that he's he's involved and he asked two actually really great questions. You know, uh, James, how do you fix the secondary? Because it, it, it's a, I can't really figure it out either. I think it's going to be... I think you can build a couple of good pieces in this draft and in free agency. I don't know if anything's going to be solved, solved, but it'll definitely be an upgrade. Um, you know, Nate Allen, obviously that's, <clears throat> that's an option if there's really nothing else out there, but uh, I'm curious uh, what you think. How do you fix this secondary? Uh, I mean, like you said, John, uh, I think the free agent class is pretty thin when it comes to the secondary. Um, but, you know, I think you got to address it. I like Bradley Fletcher. I think Bradley's had an underrated season. I know he got burned on that Jordy play, but he really picked it up after that. And, How dare you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Fletch is okay. I think he's I think he's underrated. I don't think, you know, he's not a superstar or anything, you know, but I, I think that for the most part, he's decent in coverage. Um, but outside of that, you know, I, I, and Boykin obviously, uh, you know, has had a bit of a down year comparatively, but is still solid in the slot, but... Uh, I think moving forward, I, like you said, I mean, I would if they want to use their first round draft pick on a cornerback this season, I would be absolutely okay with it. I, I don't think they're going to draft a safety super high. I just don't know if they believe in that philosophically. But uh, I, I think you, you build through the draft. You you see what's on the market. I'm sure they're going to see a, try and find a value guy who might fit their system well. And I like Nolan Carroll too. I think you know maybe he gets a chance to kind of show what he could do on the outside at some point over the rest of the season or, or going into the next season, depending on what happens. So, um, you know, I, obviously it needs work and there's, there are things that need to be fixed, but you know, right now you got to roll with what you got and, and just hope that the front seven can get enough pressure to kind of mask some of the issues. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's always tough. It's a tough question to answer because you, you haven't gone through the draft and free agents. Look, Jalen Watkins 
which we didn't talk about with the Earl Wolf situation, is now going to take snaps and safety. So now you have Jenkins, Watkins, and I think that could be poss- possibly be a stabilizer back there. It couldn't probably wouldn't be any worse than you know the situation that they have now. Um, it's just going to take it's going to take time. I think people will be surprised by the time next year of how that kind of shapes up. His second question, also a pretty decent one, you know, why is the offense so jumbled? And the obvious answer is injuries. You know, at least for me, Patrick, do you do you feel that way as well? Yeah, it's injuries. And it's, you know, just the never ending slew of them. I mean, every time you feel like like I, it's been such lowered expectations because of these injuries, like you're, you're looking at the offensive line from last week. You're like, OK, well, you know, Matt Tobin's got to start the rest of the year, but we'll be OK there. And then he gets concussed and might not play this week. Like they just cannot catch a break. And, you know, it really screws with your continuity and. You know, the Eagles have been lucky in the last decade or so, really, from Andy all the way to Chip, in really having good to great offensive lines. And I think we're seeing now the consequence of when that doesn't really happen. I mean, offensive line, we, we say this all the time. The offense starts with the offensive line. And the most important position uh, continuity-wise is the offensive line. So when you're losing these guys and you're having, you know, however many dozen you know, iterations of the line we've had this season, it's going to affect everything from the run game to the pass game. I mean, you know, Jason Kelsey coming back, we thought that was going to be a huge stabilizing force and it's helped, but how many bad snaps has he had this season? I mean, these kinds of things show themselves in, in different ways throughout the year. And, and that's to say nothing of the quarterback injuries that we, that we've sort of gone through. So I think a lot of it can be traced back to that. You know, I think there was probably, going to be some regression in a couple areas with guys um, getting older or, you know, just regression to the mean type things. But this has been a lot of little things that have have combined to make this offense not as good as we had hoped. Now we're going to go back to the Duncan Philly hotline one more time as we got a uh, live caller from the 423. What's going on here on BGN Radio? What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? What's happening? <laughs> What's your name, bud? Not, uh, this is Mike. I'm calling from Tennessee. Nice, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I saw you go, uh, you're in enemy territory almost. I am, but I am definitely not the enemy. I uh, <laughs> Born and raised in Philly, just a transplant to the area down here. Nice. So, what you know, we've been we've been talking basically all episode about how, you know, the obviously the run game struggles and uh, how we can't really get that excited about this game coming in, you know, as Tennessee's coming in here. What are your feelings uh, going into this thing, bud? Well, I mean, I want to say I've seen a lot of Tennessee games, and I want to say there's Shady. There's no way he can't go off, but I, I feel like we've been saying that the past two or three weeks. Yeah. That said, and I am the last person who is all about the pom-poms and thinking all kinds of optimistic I think last week was a slap in the face, and I'm calling it right now. The Eagles are going to run the table. Nice. That's well. That's also what we were talking about too. We weren't sure, you know, can these guys go five and one, six and six and zero? Oh? You're feeling that confident that they can totally do the sweep, beat Dallas twice, take care of Seattle, and then just kind of flicker away Washington and uh, and uh, New York at the end there, huh? I am. I think Washington is just completely. Uh, they're just completely out of it. Aren't you worried? A little worried? A little worried about Dallas, the, the Dallas games? You know, just being uh, a week apart from one another. I'm actually not. I mean, a lot of people aren't talking about it, but it's actually kind of a disadvantage for Dallas as well. They're having to go cross country on a short week to play the Giants and then come home. I think that's uh, 
I think that aspect of it's not being really talked about nearly enough. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point, my friend. We'll have to we'll have to see. Obviously, we all want to have a wonderful feast and then uh, have seconds uh, during Thanksgiving. So I hope you're right with that one, my friend. But uh, yeah, man, uh, call back anytime. Thank you so much for uh, checking in with us, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, Mike uh, from Tennessee, thank you, my friend. Thanks for chiming in. We're uh, we're glad you can go behind the uh, enemy lines there and still survive. Uh, yes, yeah, John, we get we get only the best Tennessee reports straight from the heart of Tennessee. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, my friends, uh, let's uh, we're gonna wrap things up. But uh, before we do that, let's get into the NFL picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell. And play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Well, of course, uh, I can't remember exactly how we did last week, but um, I won. That's uh, all I. <laughs> obviously, Brandon Brandon lost uh, due to the uh, the uh, the thrashing. The Green Bay Packers. Patrick, how'd you do last week? I don't know, but Brandon lost, which is why he's not on the show. <laughs> exactly. He's been shunned. Ah, shunned, shunned. Well, town. Well, uh, we'll start with the winner right. here, uh, James Elser. Where are we heading to first? All right, let's go down to the Georgia Dome real quick. I, I just think the Falcons, uh, not a very good team, but they're good at home, th- giving three points to Cleveland. Uh, I just think Cleveland's not very good right now. I, I think the offensive line is beat up. Um, and their defense is not very good, and I just think Atlanta at home, I think they'll put up points. I think it could be a close one, but I think Atlanta takes it by just a little bit more than three. I, I think they win it by four, John. How I about like that? that? I like that selection. Patrick, what we're we heading to next? Let's go to Seattle. Hey, now. Big matchup. S- Seattle is uh, seven-point favorites at home, and uh, you know what? I kind of like the Cardinals in this game. I have a really hard time feeling like, you know, saying that the Cardinals are like the best team in football or one of the best teams in football. Cause like, you know, is that like saying the Titans are the best team in football? It's kind of weird, but I'll uh, do it. the Cardinals are one of the best teams, if not the best. Oh, team. Uh, boy. Well then maybe you'll ring the bell for me. Cause I got the Cardinals winning this one. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Ring the bell. Yeah. I, I just, um, I, I just, I, I feel like uh, granted, I, I do think that the Arizona defense is pretty legit. I just don't. I don't have a, a good feeling that they win this one. They have to lose this one at some point. Even though, as an Eagles fan, you actually should be rooting for Arizona here, but just to have knock Seattle out of the wild card picture, just in case, uh, and it makes it a lot easier playing them going forward. I'm going to roll the dice a little bit this week, gentlemen. Uh, I am uh, heading to Tony Casale's favorite city, favorite football team in Chicago. Uh, Chicago currently opened up at five and a half. It's currently minus six uh, for Chicago. And I'm actually going to go against that. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay and Josh McCown's arm to walk into Chicago and say, hey, now, guess what? Uh, You should have kept me and uh, score an enormous amount of points uh, with him and Mike Evans because that'll make my fantasy team really happy. And I'm taking Tampa Bay with the points plus six. Uh, well, gentlemen, let's get to the biggest prediction here. Uh, James Elser, how is this Eagles game ending? Yeah, I think the Eagles win, and we, we, we pretty much alluded to it the whole show. You know, theoretically, could they lose this game? Sure. Uh, it's hard to find ways. You know, you figure maybe if the Tennessee Blitz gets home a lot, they blitz like crazy. Uh, you never know. Zach Mettenberger looked competent on Monday night, had some nice throws, made some big throws. Uh, but, but ultimately, yeah, I know, but, but ultimately... 
Sorry, I had to laugh the good throws. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, ultimately, the Eagles are a much better team. I think they are going to respond coming off a loss. I think that's part of this culture that Chip's built here. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think they'll be ready. I don't think they'll look past it after losing like they did in Green Bay. I think there's no way they look past this game. They're not thinking about Dallas. They're thinking about getting out there on the field and getting that taste out of their mouths. Uh, so I think the Eagles win it pretty handily. Uh, let's go. 38 to 21 birds. 38-21. I was actually joking with our good friend Dave Mangles, who obviously writes for BleedingGreenNation.com. If you put Jason Avant and Mettenberger on the same team, I think that's the only combination that might achieve a negative yards after the catch stat. Uh, that's, uh, that's how bad uh, that he, you know, he just can't lead throws. He throws behind guys all the times. So I don't understand. Anyway, Patrick he's Wall. A, he was a rookie. He's a rookie. I, know, I mean, I know, but he's just a rookie. He had some poise, threw an interception, started the game, pick six, came back and made some throws, threw for two touchdowns. Thank you, something. William Gay. Thank you, William Gay and the awful, awful Pittsburgh defense. Yes, indeed. Uh, Patrick Wall, how's this one ending? Uh, it's blowout. It's going to be. I'm here's my prediction. I think Shady gets two touchdowns. I think Sanchez has a nice game. I think the defense scores a touchdown. And uh, I think it's all to the tune of 45-17. Sanchez, 350, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, we'll make it the 59% completion. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Shady gets going, but not as not as well as we hoped. 80 yards and a touchdown, but it doesn't matter anyway. 42 14 and it's over before the second quarter book it ladies and gentlemen this is this is a guaranteed win there is no trap game they're coming home everybody's going to feel good after this one except for the fact that we probably have to listen to greg gumbel do the play-by-play but other than that we are very excited probably. we do john we do <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it is greg in the game. so uh you know for uh myself john barchard for mr james zelter and for patrick wall we are waving Goodbye, and thank you for listening to episode number 66 of BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and on LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.